0: I know fitness is important, but I don't have time to keep up with all the fads and celebrity workouts that come and go. I need something backed by real science that will get real results and fits into my schedule. Caliber has been a lifesaver. It's a science-based fitness coaching program covering strength, nutrition, and healthy habits, completely customized to my needs and abilities. All I did was fill out their online assessment, and Caliber did the rest. The best part is I'm not in it alone. Calibre paired me with an expert personal trainer who checks on my progress and keeps me motivated and on track. And I'm not the only one getting results. Calibre is top rated on Trustpilot with 4.9 out of 5 stars. On average, members achieve a 20% or better improvement in their body composition by week 12 of the program. Start a science-based fitness program you'll actually stick with. Get $100 off at caliberstrongcom podcast. That's caliberstrong.com slash podcast.
1: Yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Where eh. we do that. Huh? Yeah. Boogie like and I'm a who that. I'm a hoot Sports coma. This is where we do that. We do that. Welcome, welcome. This thing like Elf. I thank God every day I'm not a felp. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon can get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out Cha-ching. your shame for the championship. Clip fucking on town. Duck down. Falcons pluck get shut down. Shut down. Panthers ain't much to touchdown. touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. Us so now. much hate on the Saints you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. I'm yeah. like this, and I'm a who Every day I'm living, I'm a who at, I'm a hoot at. Lose or winning, i am I'm a who that? It's the Sports Coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this and I'ma who that? It's the Sports Coma, this is where we do that. You're listening
2: to the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys on the Media Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're rock. Right. Sports COVID with queue and the guys who we have to entertain and educate and enlighten sports talk from your favorite sports fam. We up in this thing. Shout out to the mighty who that nation. We up in this thing. Wednesday stream middle of the week hump day edition. We up in this thing. Shout out to the great Saint thank tank and the rest of the entire who that nation representing baby. We up in this thing. So shout out to the fam. Appreciate everybody for being in this thing. Shout out to Jamaica, Okula, Dana. Shout out to all the kings and the queens of the coma. We represent 115%. We up in this thing. So shout out OG Jerry's in the building. Shout out to you. Appreciate you. JT, Pelicans, Nola, everybody up in this thing. Poppy 504, I see your fam. Elite Kevin, nolan's 504, Ant-Man in this thing. Shout out to the fam. Josh in this thing. Tedra, Everybody, man, appreciate y'all for being in the live stream. I see your 504 code brother, Pat, Rich is in this thing as well. Hit the like button, family, as we get going. Also, feel free to share the show on your social media feed that helps out the stream. And we're going to be covering quite a few, well, not a lot today, maybe about an hour's worth, perhaps, as we get going. But the top thing for this Wednesday is I wanted to do a Saints 53-man projection, a roster projection. And of course, more is this more as we get it going there's Foster Monroe link, inks the deal with the Saints. And we kept talking about this and it was the reason why we felt like the Saints. And I kept saying, man, Foster Monroe is somewhere around here, somewhere in, this, in, in the building. And of course, the Saints get a deal done with him. And we talked about it previously. But today the Saints made it official. And what's even more miraculous is the fact that he came here. The Saints found this ailment. uh, You know, the, the cancer diagnosis, he went back, worked on it, came back, took another physical. It went dark for a couple of weeks, came back. And now the Saints saying, you know what, he passed. Welcome to the squad. He had some other deals to contemplate. But after that great situation happened where he was able to gain control, and plus Foster Moreau is from down here. You know, he went to collegially, went to LSU, played at a uh, Jesuit. So he's a new, he's a, a black and gold guy to the core and he's coming back to his roots pretty much. Like a lot of guys do Tyron Matthews, another guy that came back. It's a lot of guys that come back home to help the saints, uh, steady up. And this was probably this and maybe the linebacker, uh, room needs a veteran linebacker. I would love to see Quan Alexander uh, fill the veteran linebacker role for the Saints. They still have spots left to be, you know, played. the, and maybe another interior defensive line of veteran to come in and help steady the interior defensive line. But after that, the Saints, you know, those two things, getting Foster Monroe to steady the tight end room. And then these other picks, the Saints will be riding high going into training camp and other things. So a lot of stuff shaking this week with football, but let's get it smoking and cooking with Foster Monroe. Yes, he makes the deal and he inks the deal with the Saints, expects to play in 2023 after the cancer diagnosis. So he's diagnosed with the cancer. Man comes back and and makes it pop. Foster Monroe is heading to Louisiana for agent tight end is reaching an agreement. It's a three year deal worth 12 million. And according to the deal, includes eight million of the 12 fully guaranteed an additional three million in incentives for him to sign on with the team. And this is according to ESPN and several other other outlets have, you know, produced this, that early this spring, Monroe, we know the deal with him by being diagnosed and then it was quite the waiting game, but the saints credit to them knew and believed in him. And he ultimately was able to come back and make a shake. So this was a tremendous story for so many levels. A lot of people out there dealing with so many things and for Foster Monroe to still be able to accomplish this and, you know, keep moving he had the right approach the right mentality remember he one of his quotes was I have to go and kick this thing's ass and all that kind of stuff and he really did man so credit to Foster Monroe and it was just just awesome man just awesome 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 so you can see his numbers right there targets 54 targets 33 catches 420 yards two touchdowns I think the real big thing about about Foster Monroe is the fact that He's familiar with our $150 million quarterback. So the Saints do give them a security blanket. Now, we do have Juwan Johnson through the Saints inked on a two-year extension. And then it fortifies the tight end room. But listen, Foster Monroe is a guy that is an obvious upgrade over the Fishman. So the Saints are improving in various ways. And you can we can ba- basically sit here and look at Foster Monroe over the years and say, yes, Q, he's an upgrade over Adam, the fish man, Troutman, good riddance. So this guy can block, he can catch. He's familiar with car and it's another weapon. The saints add to their arsenal as we keep pushing this thing forward. So it's going to be very fun watching this unroll. So he was drafted in 2019 by the Raiders in the fourth round out of LSU. Saints. And he's a new Orleans native blossomed in the key piece in the Raiders passing attack. It's coming off a 2022 season where he's notched a career high in catches with 33 receiving yards for and in 61 career regular season games. He had 34 stars out of the 61 games and has 91 catches for 1107 yards with 12 touchdowns. And like I said, for him, the guy is a balanced tight end. He can catch and he's very nimble. And he can also block, so he provides another more of a balanced tight end than what a Jawan Johnson would be. But you can also move; it gives the Saints versatility, gives them a the two-headed tight end monster that they are really supposed to have, as opposed to having what we had with Jawan Johnson and the laughable Adam Troutman. So, and then of Taysom Hill's a part of the tight end room as well. So, and even though I don't really consider Taysom the tight end because he plays other places more so, that's just, just where they found him a home at. In the tight end room, but he's a utility guy. You'll see Taysom all over the field playing running back if you need him, tight end for your wide receiver, whatever you need. Taysom, the utility man, will be moving all around or uh, doing whatever the Saints need him to do. So, you've seen Taysom at times play fullback. So, <laughs> whatever you need Taysom to do, he'll do. He'll do. So, it'll be cool watching the Saints have one of the most versatile tight end rooms in the game, man. This is going to be fun. And both of these guys have good size. Juwan Johnson's big, 6'3", 6'4". And Foster Monroe is also a big tight end. So it makes a big target. So you can see what the Saints are doing from an offensive standpoint. and They're giving the offense tall weapons for Carr to reach to. Not only tall weapons, but guys that are also quite nimble and have a high degree of athleticism. Guys that can catch over the middle and get down the field. That's something that we're giving this guy to give a wide open offense approach. And I think probably maybe not this Thursday or Friday, but one of these, one of these days, family, I promise I'm gonna do a report on Carr. And, you know, we did the NFC South round table, and there was a lot of people talking about grading carr as a middle, uh mid quarterback or whatever. So you're gonna see it's gonna, I'm gonna kind of dispel that myth and take it apart and kind of look at it from a different ways because a lot of people are saying that about him. So I'm going to use the numbers. You cannot dispute the numbers. I'm going to use the numbers to kind of take down a lot of fallacies circulating around car. That'll be uh, either Friday or Saturday when I'm going to do that show. So when they start hating on car, I want y'all to take that show and send it to him and say, listen to this, man, y'all need to cut that out. It's very intriguing. But anyway, shout out to Foster Monroe. He is the new Saints tight end added to the room. Three-year deal worth $12 million with $8 million fully guaranteed and $3 million in incentives. The Saints get the deal done. They bring them in to the squad. So shout out to the Black and Gold for continuing to do the damn thing and proving this thing. I like it. All right, so let's move on to the next one, baby. And this is from our good friends at Saints News Network. Saints will not be playing or won't be playing in Germany despite a report from a German tabloid newspaper. The Saints won't be playing the Patriots in Frankfurt. So that's that's a bit. And of course, we know the schedule will have a schedule release show part one and two Thursday and Friday following what is going on in the NFL. We will be here live too. And despite a report From Max Schrader, the Saints won't be going back across the pond to play a game as the part of the NFL's international series. Schrader reported the Saints would play the Patriots in Frankfurt on either November the 12th or 19th during week 10 or 11. But the NFL official announcement on Wednesday has the Colts going there in week 10. NFL expansion plans to play 17 games from last year include each team that was eligible or a ninth regular season home game would be a neutral site at an international venue each year. The Saints played last year in London against the Vikings for theirs, and with the news, they'll play the Patriots at Foxborough. Sorry about that, fam. My little announcements. Let me tell, turn that down. All right. So, anyways, we keep this thing moving and shaking. The Buccaneers, Seahawks played in Munich last year, which drew Nearly 70,000 people that depend the defending Super Bowl champion chiefs are also hosting the game against the Dolphins in Germany. The league will drop the schedule on Thursday. So there you go. Shout out to Hendricks, uh, John Hendricks for giving us that information. And let's move it on alone to the next article here as we talk about the NFC South report cards. Panthers get top grade after picking Bryce Young. NFC South report cards are out, family. Did you get yours? The report cards are out, and let's see what Sports Illustrated has to say about that. Number one selection in the draft could be the final piece to a rapid rebuild in Carolina, but fans shouldn't expect a deep postseason run from any team in the division, says Gilberto Manzano. Let's see what Mr. Manzano has to say here. Brady played behind the abysmal offensive line and rushing attack during his rocky final season in Tampa Bay. But winning eight games was enough for the legendary quarterback to capture the lowly NFC South and receive one more postseason appearance before retiring for the second time. With Brady gone, the NFC South entered the offseason with Tampa Bay's Kyle Trask, New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill, Carolina's Matt Carell, and Atlanta Desmond Ritter atop the QB depth charts across the division. Obviously, the list of possibly the worst collection of starting quarterbacks ever for a division made the rounds on social media. But there's a new better QB one graphic. Free agency and the draft in the rear view mirror. Carr. Let's see what he says there. The note with the number one pick. Hold on. Did I just switch, switch over something? No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I thought I jumped over something. Anyway, with the number one pick, Bryce Young landed in Carolina. The Saints signed free agent, Derek Carr, and the Buccaneers added Baker Mayfield to compete with Trask. Ritter remains atop the depth chart in Atlanta, but the Falcons might have to put him in a position to succeed with many notable offseason moves. The NFC South appears much improved in 2023 after the four teams made upgrades throughout the all season. It would it would be a surprise if the division winner is under 500 for the second consecutive season. I agree wholeheartedly. All the teams did a self at Tampa Bay. No disrespect big game, <laughs> but everybody did a phenomenal job in upgrading their squads. I, I, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons. I have to clap for these people because everybody did everything it takes to make the NFC South competitive. Again, you know, a lot of really good talent went out of the division and and these teams brought more talent back in the division. It's going to be strong going into the future. It's an open and competitive division, but don't expect a deep postseason run for any teams. I don't know why he's saying that, but let's take a closer look at the South by grading the off season moves made by the Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and bucks First up, Panthers. Key additions, Vine Bell, former Saint, former LSU wide receiver DJ Chalk. You got Hayden Hurst, the tight end. DJ Johnson, defensive end, wide receiver Jonathan Mingle. Really good, solid pickup in the draft from Ole Miss. Running back Miles Sanders, the former Eagle. Adam Thielen, the former Viking, former Saint, Shy Tuttle, and Bryce Young, a former Crimson Tide quarterback. Now, they did give up DJ Moore as a part of the package to get the first-round draft pick to get Bryce and Deontay Foreman, the big, bruising back I uh, had to move on to where they stand after a, free, a busy free agency. The Panthers might have added the final piece to the rapid rebuild with Bryce Young, the number one pick known for reading defenses, extending plays Carolina made it a priority to return to its entire starting offensive line from last season, re-signing former Baltimore center, Bradley Bozeman improved. It impressed the team in 2022 after agreeing to a one-year deal, the Panthers added new faces to the skill positions to an offensive trio of Sanders, Thielen and Hearst, might not strike fear in opposing defenses, but it's enough to make Young comfortable throughout his rookie season. Chalk will provide speed for the receiving core and perhaps Mingle, the promising second round pick, will develop into a number one option by the end of the season. Now, Carolina also built around his defensive core, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn, by adding Tuttle, Bell, and Johnson. They have projected win total at seven and a half right there. And they give them a B plus. Concerns with Young because he's lack ideal size for the position 5'11", 194. But the Panthers deserve plenty of credit for quickly forming a quality roster to allow him to find his footing during his rookie year. But Carolina will need Mingo to make an immediate impact as a versatile six foot one playmaker or this unit be hurting for a downfield threat with a surging defense and a quality staff led by new coach Frank Wright. Don't be surprised if Young leads the Panthers to a division title in his first season. Listen. Seven and a half wins. Carolina did a phenomenal job. They took destiny in their hands. And you know what they say about, uh, you know, about people that take destiny in their hands, that they're bold people and fortune favors the bold. So all of these moves that they did to improve their offense, they got rid of a bad coach, got his staff out of there. They were able to tool up with a very quality, a quality coaching staff. That's first and foremost. They had they were able to get the young quarterback, traded what they needed to get up to the top of the draft and get the best quarterback in the draft. I've watched it, like I said, I've scouted this guy. This guy, Bryce Young, is really good at what he does. He's you can say he's small, but he doesn't play like that. His intelligence and everything else is out of world. His anticipation ability, throwing to spots on the field, you know, doing phenomenal things, doing real phenomenal things as a quarterback. And he deserves to be the number one draft pick. But there has not been too many quarterbacks. You're talking about Peyton Manning and all these other guys that came in there in year number one and took a team to a playoff or a deep playoff run. That's just something. And even though, listen, they knew this guy was coming. They built the team around him and they want to win right now. You know, they they on that JG Wentworth, you know. <laughs> I want my money and I want it now. They on that JG Wentworth hard, you know, but this is the thing about Carolina. Even though I like, like Bryce Young a lot, it's still going to take some time for him to get used to the speed of the game. It's intelligently, intelligent as the kid is. It's going to take him some time to get acclimated to the speed of the NFL game. Uh, everything is expedited. Everything's faster. and He will have to process the game. Now, eventually, you see, they came out and said that, uh, Andy Dalton will start the season off as the starting quarterback and that's done to protect this guy. You don't want to put too much pressure on the first round draft pick because the defenses will put the rest of the pressure on him. So I don't buy into the thing is he small. He's going to get crunched up and all that kind of stuff. This guy has an un- uncanny elusive ability as well. To be, is He's able to move out of the way and out of defensive ways and fit, trick people out and then still be able to study and get downfield to make throws uncanny but it still takes time regardless of all those skills and all that beautiful stuff i just said bryce young still gonna take time to uh learn the nfl game something toward the middle getting you know toward the middle of him if he's starting there there's people gonna throw a lot at him you know and he will have to figure it out so i'm not gonna heap a lot on him i don't i'm not gonna say that this team is a playoff team the first year with bryce young i said this year not so much a playoff team they'll be better than what they were last year but it's like stepping stones They're going to step up. They're going to step. But this team will be a force next year. I promise you that much. Don't tell Rashad and Dave I said that. But uh, I'm pretty pretty sure they probably listen. But (laughs) don't tell them I said that the Carolina Panthers are going to be a force. I don't think this year, but I'm saying maybe next year and into the future, this team is going to be a team to contend with. No doubt about it, man. They are hitting the right uh, movements. No doubt about it. So shout out to them. And when they talk about a downfield threat, not so much as a Jonathan Mingo as is DJ Chalk. That's what Chalk is here for. Chalk is the the deep guy. He's the speed weapon. Thielen's the possession guy. Mingo will probably come in and, and listen. Even though they drafted Mingo, Mingo is, is if you look at it, uh, you have to look at like Terrence Marshall Jr. is a guy right there that's sitting ahead of Mingo. Even though Mingo's a second round pick, but you know I think Chalk has a one year deal or something like that, something to that degree. But either way, this team is going to be a force in the future. I don't think. This year, but definitely into the future. I right, to our division rival Atlanta fail The the Atlanta. And I kind of dropped that on low. He caught me during the NFC round. Tra- a table I call them the Ant the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. And I just steal one from OG, the fail the Ant the Atlanta, meaning ain't nothing going on with these guys, fail <laughs> uh anyway shout out to the falcons man right, that's terrifying no that's one of our guys down there man double agent 007 down there handling a uh, 004 handling this business all right key additions jesse bates and these uh, second round pick matthew bergeron the offensive lineman defensive end uh a 65 year old Kalias campbell bud dupree kate nellis zach harrison matt collins the wide receiver they traded for jeff okuda defensive tackle david on you see Robinson, the running back, holding his jersey, and John New Smith, the former Titan, tight in to add some duality with Kyle Pitts. They have a phenomenal bunch of young, talented, big wide receivers, but they have to put it together. Substractions, uh, Mariota and Isaiah Oliver, and where they stand. Atlanta addressed many defensive needs during free agency, which features the signing of Bates to aid cornerback A.J. Terrell. In the secondary, the trade for Cuda could pay off if, the 2020 third pick takes advantage of his fresh start to possibly give the Falcons a quality cornerback duel. And Ryan Nilsom is going to make that kid good, man. Ryan Nilsson's going to make him play. But then again, Okuda came from Detroit. And remember, that's Aaron Glenn was running that defense. So can Ryan Nilsom kind of help him improve there? We'll see. You know, and Aaron Glenn was pretty good in our secondary, but Okuda couldn't make it up there. So that's something to think about as well for the Falcons. The defensive front should improve with the revamped unit Dupree Ellis on Yamada to assist defensive end Grady Jarrett for the draft. The team strengthened the dynamic rush attack with his first two picks. You got the running back Robinson and offensive lineman Bergeron. Robinson's arrival will give the Falcons a standout trio with wide receiver Drake London and tight end Kyle Pitts. They also added reliable pass catcher Hollins and Smith. Who will you reunite with the Falcons coach Arthur Smith, the former Titan offensive coordinator? There's certain, there's there's uncertainty, however, with Ritter, but the Falcons likely won't need him to play at a Pro Bowl level with Robinson in the backfield and a stout offensive line, which includes the re signings of right tackle Caleb McGarry and offensive lineman Chris Lingstrom. Eight and a half wins projected in a B grade. For the Falcons, final, and this is the final say on it, the Falcons should contend in a subpar NFC South. I thought we was trending in the right direction, fam. It might lead the league in rushing yards. Robinson, who can also block and contribute in the passing game, but Bergeron, the team's second-round pick, will also improve the rushing attack as a polished run blocker, but the team probably should have used the second-round pick on edge rusher. Harrison, the third-round pick, and veteran signings might not be enough for the Falcons to, to dra- dramatically improve upon their 21 sacks last season, but the Falcons addressed many defensive holes to pair with a surging offense. The, the key to it is, and we have to, we'll play this team twice, but they had a very skilled and excellent player in Tyler Algeri, who the Saints last year could not stop. Tyler a bowling ball just was running all over the Saints, pathetic interior rust stuff and defense a running stunning stuffing defense. We just got ran on even that first game. If you remember, you know what, when Marcus Mariota, when he was doing his little stuff, the saints had problems stopping all that kind of stuff. But this is a new year, new things. The saints are tooled up to, and bring a whole new interior defensive unit in, 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 part here to kind of stop all of this foolishness that we had last year, getting rid of shy Tuttle, David on Yamada who's was a part of that failing interior unit, they Scudaddle to rivals for the paper, And what's intriguing about Atlanta is you cannot dispute the fact that Atlanta Falcons have got it going on in certain positions. Getting Drake London, big. Kyle Pitts is healthy, look out. You have wide receiver. You got Robinson and Tyler It's Just not Robinson by itself. They're going to, Arthur Smith's going to combo those guys, and that'll be like two Mike Tyson punches. You know, if you duck one, you better watch out for the other one. And they're going to wear teams out on Sunday, which is why the Saints have to bring it from an interior defensive standpoint. Arthur Smith is not very imaginative. I I know him from the Titans. We, you know, played him the times. And see, the offense for Atlanta has a lot of fantastic weapons, but they've always had talent there. But it's what to do with the talent that they have. Like, do they have the imagination to utilize the talent that they have? Like, I I, I can see Arthur Smith just trying to run at you with Robinson and Tyrell Jerry. On most nights. They have like a 60-40 uh run versus pass percentage, which is it's not bad. I like old school game, but that's even more of an incentive for the Saints to step up with this run defense and play, you know, and and, and make sure they cover it because Atlanta is going to definitely try to run the ball down your throat and they're going to try to get that play action going. And the writer is absolutely right. Desmond Ritter doesn't have to play at a Pro Bowl level for the Falcons to have success in the NFC South. It really don't. He just has to be a manager. And that's what Desmond Ritter is. He played a lot of collegiate games. He's not a superstar. But what he is, is a game manager that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So if he can do that and get comfortable back there, they can win some games. The key to it is for the Saints, they have to stop this team from running the ball. And once they stop the team from running the ball, what happens there? Saints also have to give pressure to the quarterback. So we'll see how it all shakes. But you got to give Atlanta credit, too, because they took a lot of our guys and they beefed up, spent almost $100 million on the defense, man. So it's interesting. So he gives them a B grade and Carolina a B plus. Let's see what he said about the Saints. Key additions, Carr, Brian Barisi, uh, Isaiah Foskey, Kendra Miller, Kaelin uh, Sanders, Big Nate Shepard, Jamal Williams. Key subtractions, Callaway, Davenport, Onyemata, Cade Nellis, and Shai Tuttle. Is, and, and you look at some of the moves the Saints are making. You can see, like, on from a paper perspective, a lot of upgrades. Uh, pretty much the, the guy that played most at the quarterback position last year, Andy Dalton, replaced with Carr, upgrade. You see a lot of what happened from an interior defensive standpoint is yet to be determined whether David Onyamada, uh, if, San, if Kalen Sanders or Nate Shepard can equal up to what David Onyemata is. I know either one of them are better than what I've seen from Shia Tuttle, but David Onyemata, that's different. The backup running back, whoever it was last year for the Saints, I care not to remember, but Jamal Williams is obviously an upgrade there. 17 touchdowns. Bay, I don't understand how people are not talking more about that. Jamal Williams. I was ranting and raving about that on, on TSC Q&A Live, our Patreon special that we do every Tuesday. Please feel free to join. Link in the link in the link tree for that. Or you can simply subscribe to the channel. You go to Patreon but, and it helps the channel. So But I was ran raving how great the Jamal Williams move was that the Saints did. The contract, everything. And you want to talk about a a couple of Mike Tyson punches? Well, the Saints have three of them. For what they have two, the Saints have three. So if your defense, you better spend $200 million on your defense to stop what the Saints about to do. The only thing that will stop the Saints offense from just being explosive is just their own imaginations. Whatever Pete Carmichael lacked, the personality of Carr is that. It's the the exact opposite. The thing that really makes the Saints defense, and I'm going to get to it when I get to my 53-man roster projection, but what's really intriguing about the Saints offense last year, they lacked explosive plays on offense. That is not the case with this rendition, potentially. On paper, let's say right now, potentially. What Carr brings. Explosive plays on offense. Saints have weapons to get downfield. Explosive. They got th- a three-headed running back monster of Elvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and Kendra Miller. That's that's just, that's, think back to the last time the Saints had three stellar backs like that. And think about where, you know, the direction what the Saints are going to do with that. Not to mention they could still throw Taysom Hill in there if they need them to do, you know, it's just so much going on with the Saints so much. Anyway, let's get finished. Let's finish with this writer saying, where they stand here? After a few down seasons with Jameis and Andy Dalton, the Saints should have better played the quarterback with the arrival of Carr. If wide receiver Michael Thomas, who's played only 10 games the past three seasons, stays healthy and regains his top form, he might end up being the team's best offseason move. I still says Jamal Williams. The team avoided cutting Thomas after the two sides agreed on a renegotiated one-year contract. It's a prove-it deal. The arrivals of Miller and Williams could lead a lead to a strong running back committee with Kamara as the top back. The Saints also resigned tight end Jawan Johnson to give Carr another quality target. But the Saints lost many defensive starters during free agency, with on Yamada and Tuttle going to the NFC South rivals. With a tight salary cap, the Saints did patchwork on the defensive line with the signings of Shepard and Saunders, perhaps Breesy, the team's first-round pick, can help the thin end. Inter- perhaps, no, he will. Helped the thin interior defensive line, but he struggled with staying healthy during his time at Clemson. So did a guy like Shy Tuttle struggled at Tennessee staying healthy and he came here and gave production to the Saints. Every instance is different, you know, projected total nine and a half wins and a final grade of C. Why C? Relying on Thomas to be available this season is a risky move for the team lacking offensive weapons outside of wide receiver Chris Olave and Kamara. First of all, they don't lack offensive weapons outside of Michael Thomas, and they're not relying on Michael Thomas to be healthy. They renegotiated Thomas on a one-year prove-it deal, but as you can see, the Saints' offensive wide receiver room is moving is moving whether Thomas is there or not. If Mike is there, and I believe in, in Kangar Mike. We know that. Mike Thomas is a dude, always like Mike Thomas because I love what he brings his ferocity his competitive nature is it's just unfortunate it's not it's unfortunate that he was been he's been hurt the last several years unfortunate but we we know that if he's healthy and he plays in 10 games or 12 games for the Saints that's a, it's a positive it's a plus but the room is not relying on Michael Thomas to be 100% healthy for it to have success that's why the Saints are digging around and they've added other people there as well so they they they've added size and limb to the wide receiver room. This guy just smoozes right over those guys. He does not talk about Chris uh, Rashid Shaheed. He didn't talk about none of these other guys. Brian Edwards or A.T. Perry. None of these guys. He didn't talk about none of them. Just peruses right over them. Weapons outside of wide receiver Chris Olave and Kamara. That's not the only weapons we have. Chris Olave and Kamara, we have Rashid Shaheed. I mean, we got plenty. we got all kinds of people. It was also a gamble for the Saints to bet on Carr, who was inconsistent throughout his nine-year stint with the Raiders. Inconsistent. Listen, fam. Let me tell you something. I know about the sixty-three and seventy-nine situation, but sometimes you got to look at the numbers too. Like a court, we all know from a commonsensical standpoint about Carr. Like when they signed Carr, I wasn't really enthused about Carr. But what I do, what I really, because he's not a perfect quarterback, but I think the guy is better than mid. People keep saying mid. Oh, Q. He's mid. He's a middle of the pack guy then I see these people put up these weird QB projection boards that have guys like that'll list the top quarterbacks in the NFC South, the top 10 and cars, not even the top 10. Then you see some that have the top 12. He's not in the 12, but you see Justin Fields up there. I was Justin Fields. The, 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 what? Who is doing this? Who is writing this stuff? You know, and you can't inconsistent. You won't talk about win loss total as a team. He was on those teams and those teams were incomplete. And you know how the offense for the Raiders were operating with all those years up and down. He had Gruden here, he had this other guy here. Up and down years, imagine that guy in the Saints offense, in the in a, in a Sean Payton offense. Imagine him in a Sean Payton offense. And one thing they're not talking about are explosive plays that get the ball down the field. One of these positive, what I really like about Carr, and I said this the whole damn time, is that he brings the explosive plays He's good at throwing an accurate deep ball. And it's just his brand of football is not boring, especially when you add it with the weapons the Saints have. That was the problem the Saints had last year is that we couldn't get the ball down the field, not consistently anyway. We lacked explosive plays from an offensive standpoint. But you got guys like Chris Olavi and Rashid Shahid and all these other fantastic players who can get downfield and get that ball from Carr. And when you have the explosives come back, family, that creates space everywhere. Yes, and our running backs, yes, our running backs, Elvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, all of those guys operate extremely well in space. You give the Saints space, they'll kill you, man. They will kill you. And that is the big part of the game that a lot of these people are missing out. So to keep looking at the 63 and 79 win Lost total, but I'm going. I got a show that I'm doing in the next couple of days when I'm going to show you the numbers and I'm going to kill this middle range crap they keep talking about this guy because this guy is better than middle. He ain't no middle quarterback, dude. I don't know. I know this is a talking point, a national talking point that need to be disputed. And I got a show I'm, I'm going to be doing. That's all I'm going to talk about on the show. And I'm going to show you statistics based on other quarterbacks. You're going to see. Right, anyway, final grade, relying on Thomas to be available, but we're not relying on Mike to be available. That's number one. We got other weapons. That's what we're doing here. So Cor's presence makes the Saints contenders in a mediocre NFC South. NFC South is not mediocre, man. It's like it has the, I don't understand what you think these people are immortal? The division like the it, it happens like we're going to talk about the the how about the AFC East, the AFC East. You have the Buffalo Bills. You had the, what, the Jets, you have the, who else? The Patriots and the Dolphins, right? For a long time, when pa- when Tom Brady was up there, all them team was stanking up at the building. They were all trash and garbage. The only team was coming out of there was New England every year. When Tom Brady left from up there and came down to the NFC South, then Buffalo took over. But the Jets still are losing, even though they're showing like they can improve, the Jets are still losing. The Patriots aren't doing that good without, you know, Tom Brady being there, Bill Belichick looks me, you know, middle grade. And, uh, it's just, it's just what it is. So you have, I don't understand how you can think the NFC South is a mediocre division. You got the AFC West and AFC South, you know, with Jacksonville, the Texans and all this kind of like, man, you know, at some point the players get old, they move out, but you can't last year. The South was a mediocre division. This year they're not. They're not. This will be an exciting brand of football, man. Aging roster lost a handful of starters and the defensive line has plenty of uncertainty, making them long shots to come out of the NFC if they advance to the postseason. So let's contend with this for a second. Just for a second. Car presence make the Saints contenders in the mediocre NFC South, but an aging roster lo- lost a handful of starters. What starters did we lose? A ineffective shy total a beaten down David Onyemata, and a busted bull, bull crap. I'm about to say something, a bull crap garbage, busted Marcus Davenport, well, we can lose that all day, man. The best one of it is David Onyemata, but David Onyemata got wore down last year. He got wore down real bad last year. He was getting pushed out, pancaked, everything. I never seen David Onyemata get done that. They were just removing the Saints interior defensive line and running all over him. And we had Marcus Davenport sitting up there with a half a sack. So I mean, you can lose inconsistent starters like that. It wasn't like they was tearing the building down. Like you you pretending like Davenport had 10 sacks last year. He had a half a sack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad the move you I'm glad and listen, the Saints defense, interior defensive line was giving up 120 plus rushing yards against them every game. Well, not every game, but it averaged out that they were just getting ran on. That was ridiculous. So I'm glad that that's gone. Like you gotta, when you see something that bad and you're not used to seeing something that bad from your defense, you eventually have to make a change. And the Saints did that. These guys were all free ages. The Saints said, let's go in a different direction. I respect that. Davenport's a bust. David Onyamada is getting a little old in the tooth and getting he got worn down and shy Tuttle wasn't, the Saints were trying to replace Shy Tuttle during the years. When they signed Kentavia Street, it was trying to get Street to take his job. But Cantavia Street couldn't push him. So eventually the Saints moved beyond. And now they got, they were able to sign Sanders and Shepard and get Brian Barisi, re sign Malcolm Roach. And I'm telling you, Tanu Passanio will be a part of the interior defense. So I still see the Saints signing another interior defensive lineman at some point before the camp start. So I'm good to I'm good with losing those starters. And you're talking about Andy Dalton was a starter. Yeah, I'm glad I'm good with that. I'm good with that too. You know, now Cade Nellis is the guy that probably be the one that hurt because you haven't really pulled anybody in that you think can reproduce him. Maybe Kawan Alexander, maybe Kawhan Alexander is the guy that can come in and help us. Or do the Saints believe that much in, in Zach Bond to allow him to step up so that he could perhaps have a Kate Nellis style year? This could be a proven deal for Zach Bond as well. So, I mean, it's a lot of questions there, but uh, come on, most of our starters, they weren't playing well for us last year. The defensive line had plenty of uncertainty making them long shots to come out the NFC South. If they advanced to the postseason. season, what insert uncertainty, what uncertainty are you speaking about, sir. What uncertainty do the defensive line has outside of the fact that they can't possibly perform worse than what the saints unit did last year. They will. <laughs> you can't do worse than that. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> you can't do any worse than what they did last year. The saints will need their familiar core of Kamara Thomas. Uh, defensive end Cam Jordan, uh, linebacker Demario Davis, the cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, to make, make one more run with Carr under center. Perhaps the Saints' top veterans are being overlooked, but they're short on young cornerstone pieces. Are they really? Do they? Re- are they really short on cornerstone? Is Chris Olave not a future cornerstone? How about rashid shaheed Is he not a young cornerstone? Hmm. You know what about Isaiah Foskey? Is he not a young cornerstone player potentially? Or Brian Brisey? Huh? You're making it seem like Laddie Daddy is over 30 something odd years old. Paulson the Debo's still very young. The Saints have players positioned behind some of their older veterans. Now, Pete Werner isn't he not a corner a young cornerstone? We can name several cornerstones. This person's not very familiar with the who that's. that's obviously, you know. But they finally might do. He says. But under Carr, perhaps the Saints' top veterans overlook, and they are, but they are short on young cornerstones. No, they're not. They might finally have to do a full reset if they don't win the division this season. Full reset is not in the Saints' vocabulary. They're not going to have a full reset with the New Orleans Saints organization. You just signed Carr to $150 million deal. That's a four-year deal. About time the season over is is three. The Saints have given him probably one of the best potential running back groups that we've seen in some time. They've totally kind of put the wide receiver room. We'll go through the 50, 53 projected round. And of course, there's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he gives them a six and a half win total and a C minus. So the Saints get a C, really? Man, come on, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. You give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who free falling, free falling C C minus, And the Saints get a C <laughs> and all they did was upgrade upgrade, upgrade. David Onyemata the only one you might look at and says, "If is Kaelin Saunders, is he better than David Onyemata? That's the only one in perhaps the Caden Ellis situation, but David Onyemata is Caden Ellis. But everywhere else, they upgraded and put better players there. Time will tell, though. Alright, so anyway, let's move over here and this is coming from the Daily.com. New Orleans Saints early 53-man roster projection. You guys can feel free to go to the WhoThatDaily.com And take the article and share it all the way around. We up in this thing, and here it is right here. This is the 53 man roster projection broken down in categories. As we start now, the top three quarterbacks we're looking at you see Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and the rookie Hayner is sitting there. And of course, the title, the subject, the uh, breakdown of the Saints spent heavily on veteran. A signal uh, caller, Derek Carter, lead the offense. The idea is the car provides leadership in deep ball explosive plays to open up Saints offense. The reworking of a former starter, Jameis Winston, was masterful, provide a solid backup in case of struggle or injury. The drafting in a fourth round draft pick, Jake Hanner, gives the team future QB prospect that isn't in conflict of the QB room. That makes a lot of sense because in today's NFL, you know that that's a big issue. Well, Derek Carr and the Saints came together and they got a prospective young quarterback uh, that it comes from the same university as he. So, you know, and the timeline is a little different. Carr wants to take him under his wing. And this could be something special. This could be something special. Nobody, not, nobody's in their feelings about this. And this could be interesting. Carr is the man right now. Jameis provides a good backup in case of struggle or injury. Saints looking good at the QB position. I say three of them. All right, on to the next one. Running backs, Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, and, of course, the fullback Adam Prentice is there. Saints know all, they know that they star an all-world running back, Elvin Kamara, facing a tough legal situation stemming from an incident that occurred in Las Vegas during Pro Bowl week. The team solidifies the room by signing former Detroit Lion running back, Jamal Williams. Williams coming off an NFL leading 17 rush touchdown provides an excellent combo option with Kamara and a capable injury policy. So third round pick Kendra Miller and former T is a former TCU is perfect mix of speed, power and vision. The saints need to mix it up on mix it up in the room on Sundays. What's interesting about the combo. We talk about Kamara and Jamal Williams, perfect combo like Elvin Kamara and Jamal Williams is like that new lightning thunder lightning tandem. Remember, like that this combo here, you know, in an over the next couple of years could be very good, could be very good, especially if the Saints use their imagination and are, are and are able to keep. They could put Kamara and Williams on the field at the same time. Williams in the backfield kind of spread Kamara out, have him, you know, in other areas to decoy Kamara. That would be cool. Decoy Kamara, using him as a decoy because he could play wide receiver, he could spread him out there. Adam D. Call and Jamal Williams running at him, spread the defense out and pound him, right? This it's so it's so cool, but Kendra Miller is another option. We did film study on TSC Q&A Live. You know, the, the film study, we broke down all of the draft picks. It was fun doing it. And I was showing the family members tape of Kendra Miller and how he runs. The vision, breaking down, getting small, getting up under guys, you know, and seeing people behind him without even looking at him. I was just just uncanny running back ability. And then the fact that he has a second level, a second level to his, his speed when he gets into open field, setting up screens, the patience to watch his offensive linemen set up screens. He also, he masterfully uses guys that's blocking in front of him to cut behind him. And he didn't run the guy over, you know what I'm saying? Like some running backs that just run over their blocker. Just, <laughs> he doesn't do that. The guy, it's just, it was just so cool watching his film, man how advanced Miller is at running the football speed, power vision. He got it all very solid pickup. I was in my feelings on draft day about not getting Ty J. Spears, but listen, this was not a bad move by the side. I love Miller, love how he runs He's going to be special for the saints. Also providing insurance for Elvin Kamara. If something happens, he misses some time, six to eight uh, games there. We got Miller there stepping up, holding it down. Yeah, man, Jamal Williams, That's still speed and power because Jamal Williams is not just a power back. He's also very nimble and has speed, too. So you don't lose the speed and agility either way. Now, Kamara is just a whole nother level of running back. You know, he's just special. But Jamal Williams and Miller together, dude, wow. Anyway, we got them. Then we move on. We got Prentice at the fullback. We get on down to the wide receivers.
3: price picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars just visit prizepickscom slash play 100 and use code play 100 that's code play 100 at prizepickscom slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars price picks daily fantasy sports made easy
2: we got chris olavi michael thomas rashid shaheed brian edwards at perry and Malik Flowers. I know Shaq Davis is not on this list. I was kind of thinking about Shaq Davis. I like I studied the film on Shaq. We got a film study on him coming up on the next TSC QA live for Tuesday. We're gonna break down all of our undrafted rookies. But I was really in the mix for Shaq Davis to put him on this list. But you notice that you don't see you say bye-bye to Traquan Smith. Say bye-bye to Traquan Smith this year because with with, with health in, involved with all of our guys. This should be the last time you see Traquan Smith on the Saints team. It's just too much talent. Obviously, Chris Olave and Rasheed Shaheed, Michael Thomas, is, is on the right path there. I got Brian Edwards there as a big familiar target for uh, Carr. And A.T. Perry, another guy I think will step it up big. And the theme the Saints had was getting big wide receivers that have agility and the ability to play inside and out. And they've done a phenomenal job right there. And as you can see, I got special return man out of Montana, Malik Flowers, as my sixth wide receiver. I got six wide receivers because I really think Malik Flowers will occupy that kick returner. Uh, he will operate as a return man for the Saints, allowing Rashid Shaheed to stay as the Saints third wide receiver in the room. So I'm like I'm heading my bets toward that. If you don't know about Malik Flowers, I'm gonna do a film study next Tuesday and you'll see all about him. The guy is phenomenal. He tied Rashid Shaheed's returning numbers. The Saints did it again. They found another dude. Saints wideout room is much improved with Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed taking the steps into the into their careers. The reworking of Mike Thomas is one of the most important parts of the skill group. If Can't Guard Mike returns to form, this unit will improve greatly. The Saints have done a fantastic job of bringing in taller, faster wideouts like six-round rookie A.T. Perry and former Raider wide receiver Brian Edwards, that will make catches all over the field. The team also signed what could be another special team return ace and Malik flowers from Montana flowers has similar impressive special teams resume as Rashid Saeed tying many of his return feats stat wise like what that's doing. So I got six there. And if we move it down to the tight end room and of course, tight end Jawan Johnson say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Trey <laughs> Trey Kwan, bye-bye. Say bye-bye to Trey Kwan and his blocking. Oh, Q, we keep blue because he can block. Well, that's too bad. He can block his ass up. on out of you. Tight ends, Jawan Johnston, Foster Monroe, and Taysom Hill. The tight end room is very interesting squad with slick Jawan Johnson who was extended on a two-year deal. The signing of Foster Monroe gives the team a complete player who's not only good at blocking but also can catch. Monroe has a familiarity with QB quarterback from their Raider days. So, he could be a security blanket for the signal caller. Taysom Hill is one of the most versatile players in, league, in the league, brings up the rear of this group. He will be used all over the offense for the Saints as a true utility player that he is. So Taysom still could be used. And that's the gravy, the greatness of the Saints wide receiver room. You want to talk about Chris Olavi, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, you throw Jawan Johnson in there. You had Foster Monroe to it. You talk about the running backs and Elvin Kamara, Jamal Williams. Then you say Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill is a guy that is a phenomenal athletic person, one of the fastest guys out there. And you still have him in the mix with all of that other offensive talent. So the Saints, why the, the Saints, the potential of this rendition of the Saints offense is, is boundless. Is, is unlimited. You know, it's on, well, it's only limited by the imagination. Of the play caller, and which is Pete Carmichael. the The interesting component to it is, is this fam. We know Pete Carmichael's very conservative. He's a very, um, what's the word I, I want to say for Pete Carmichael? Help me out, family. Carmichael's a very, uh, for lack of better words, I'm saying, a conservative play caller. Right, very conservative play caller. Right, he doesn't get too up or too down. He he kind of stays mid-level there but that's not car if you watch car play he doesn't play like that he's a guy that's very much emotional he's very much a guy that's pointing like I, I watch some of his comeback uh games like when he came back him pointing telling people what to do him commanding the huddle uh making explosive plays downfield igniting and talking to people pointing smacking helmets you know he's like the He's opposite of the personality of a reserve guy like Pete Carmichael. Carr is not reserved like that. So they're perfect opposites. One guy over here at the emotional spectrum, the other guy at the other end. So can that be the proper balance the Saints' offense need to take off? You have a gutsy, explosive, deep ball throwing quarterback like Carr and a reserve, uh passive play caller, offensive coordinator like Pete Carmichael. Is that the is that the balance that the offense needs to succeed? Is that indeed the balance? We'll see, man. We'll see. It's just weird how, but it's it's all about personalities. Personalities make it all work, right? You got one guy on the other end of the emotional spectrum, another guy at the other end, which usually means balance. It should work. But only time will tell, man, it, where that goes. But anyway, offensive line, you see Penning, Hearse, and uh, Andrews Pete. You got uh, McCoy, I got Mark Davis there, the undrafted offensive lineman out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Guy plays center and guard. Love his tape. Telling y'all, watch out for Mark Davis, man. Watch out with Cesar Ruiz, Nick Cell Devery, Ryan Ramchek, and Storm Norton. So you got five starters and four reserves. You know, it's been a long time since the Saints went five for five on the old on the on the offensive line. It's usually a five-four mixture, and you have four. Uh, reserve guys that play multiple positions. Star Morton plays either tackle position left or right. Ryan uh, uh uh you got a guy like Hurst that plays either guard position and tackle position if you need him. Sell uh Nick Sell Devery also does that. He plays either guard position. He can play tackle for you. Uh hell, he can even play center for you like he did at the Senior Bowl. The Saints love the guy and Mark Davis could play center or guard. But notice there is no Kelvin Throckmorton on this damn team but not on my projected 53 anyway. All right, so anyway, this is the breakdown. Given the Saints offensive line group has a lot of returning players who at times during the season missed games due to injury. The team wanted to keep the starters together, provide stability for the incoming quarterback car. The line has several players facing a contract year and could be an incentive to level up their play for a payday. The Saints drafted fourth-round rookie Nick Selderberry, who plays guard and tackle for the line depth. They even added big veteran tackle Storm Norton and undrafted old lineman Mark Davis to see, uh, you know, the second out of the Arkansas Pine Bluff who plays center and guard. Watch out for Mark Davis. Remember, the last player we got out of Arkansas Pine Bluff was Teron Armstead. I'm not trying to put that on the man, but I'm saying the kid is good, man. The kid is good. The kid is do- the kid is good. All right. So anyway, let's keep it going, man. The defense, defense, we got Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner with Carl Grandison, Isaiah Foskey, and Tanu Passio. So there we go. We got that going on. So we knew Cam, we got, you know, Cam's a starter. We got three other guys that will be bringing in here to try to fight for that defensive, the opposite defensive end of the, a pass rusher role is a Carl Grandison? And then you have the situational pass rusher which the Saints like to use. So we have two of those guys up. Who could it be? Is it grandison Is it Turner? Is it Foskey? Is it... <laughs> All right, is it Foskey? Is it Foskey? I don't know. The thing is, this is the thing. If we're talking about draft picks, if we're talking about draft picks, right, then you talk about a first-rounder, you're talking about a second-rounder, and undrafted guy, right? So usually when you draft the guy with the first round pick, usually the first round pick has value. That's how it's situated. Like if you want to trade picks during the draft, you know, if you really want to get up there, you got to give up first round draft picks. They're a very valuable thing that most people kind of hold on to. The issue is with Davenport being a bus and gone, we got Peyton Turner who's a draft pick there, first round draft pick. The Saints ultimately have to see what Peyton Turner can do coming into his third year. A lot of people don't have a very high opinion of Peyton Turner because he can't stay healthy, but still in all, he still has to justify that first round pick. You know, we know that Isaiah Foskey, I think Foskey will be good in the future, but Peyton Turner is the guy right now that has to show what he can do. He really does. Carl Granderson, five and a half sacks for the Saints last year. Don't know what Carl looks like in a full-time role as a opposite defensive end, but still in all, even though curl probably better curl in my opinion is better than both Isaiah Foskey and uh, Peyton Turner is right now as a pro in the pro game. He had several years of learning the game still in all, he's still undrafted. The saints still have to see what Peyton Turner can do, but can Peyton Turner do it? You know, I don't know, man, that's a toughie. I don't know what Peyton Turner, I mean, if Peyton Turner can stay healthy, I've seen glimpses of what he could do. Phenomenal athleticism, I mean, he has a few moves there, but so many missed games with Peyton Turner. It's hard to imagine him being steady and doing what he do. So I, I I don't know. Peyton Turner's a question mark. I know he has the athleticism. I've seen it when he does play, but the ability to stay healthy is something that he's been lacking. Can he change that this year? Can he change that? I mean, it, it it's not beyond belief that it can happen, but we'll see. And then inside, uh, the Saints totally just tearing out the guts of the, the interior of the defensive line. Uh, you know, adding Cal, uh, big Kalen Saunders from uh, the Chiefs. High-motor guy, very strong, a bit undersized, but the guy is just a hell spawn on the inside. Nate Shepard, another big interior defensive tackle from the Jets. Big, nasty, tough guy there, man. Big, tough guy uh, in the defense. Really high-motor guy, another high-motor guy. These Both these guys are guys that nobody really knows a lot about. These guys, now you can study the film on Shepard and Saunders. You don't know what they're going to do. But listen, I got faith in Shepard and Saunders because they can't do no worse than what the hell we see with Onyemada and Shai Tuttle. Brian Barisi comes in as the quarterback for, I mean, that's the quarterback, as the defensive tackle, first-round draft, big defensive tackle uh, for the team. It'll be a part of the rotation. I don't expect him to kind of start, but I, he'll be a major player in the rotation. Just contribute. I'm with Deuce on this. Deuce said just, be a, just contribute. To the interior defensive line, and, and listen, Brees—he's healthy. Is he's—it's a trend the Saints are doing with these interior people. Remember, a lot of pressure is going to put on, be put on the Saints interior defensive line.
3: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Just visit pricetix.com/slash/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricetix.com/slash/play100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: You got a lot of teams gearing up in the NFC South, in particular, to try to run the ball at you, and the Saints can't turn out a unit like we had last year, we must improve there. Now, of course, we have a lot of turnover at, at, on the defensive side with coaches. We got a new f- defensive coordinator in name only. because we know, Dennis Allen calls the plays, but we got a new defensive coordinator here and a new, a new defensive line coach. We got a new secondary coach. And, you know, it's a lot of new faces here that got to learn uh, this personnel here. So, And also we see uh, Malcolm Roach is added to the mixture. We bring him in. And of course, Tanu Passanio, who is a guy I think at this stage of his career should be mostly an interior guy. Now, of course, you know, you got the more athletic brand of Granderson, Foskey and Turner operate. And then passing you know, could be used as a fourth situ, you know, fourth in uh, behind those guys, but mostly a guy that we would throw in the interior of the defensive line, six, seven, 300 pounds, along with Brian Barisi, six, six, 300 pounds, batting the ball down and whatever, uh, passes. Bryce trying to throw up there. Those big guys knocking it down inside. And of course, to kind of expedite things, the linebackers, we got six of them. Demario Davis, Pete Werner, Zach Bourne, DeMarco Jackson, Andrew Dowell, and Anthony Orgy. It was a toss-up between him and Nick Anderson. I really wanted to put Nick Anderson on here. But when I studied the tape, I love Nick Anderson, how he plays. But Anthony, the dude from Vanderbilt who has safety ability moved on to become a linebacker? Just love how that guy plays, man. Love how these guys play. You study, you gotta look at the tape on these young guys we got here. But I got Anthony there, but it could have been either Nick Anderson, either. I I, I just love that. And then again, to add to it, too, Saints could easily bring in a cheap veteran linebacker. I think Quan Alexander would fit here very well, just in case uh, something happens like injuries to the room. Demario Davis and Pete Werner—that's two of the best. In the game, right there, and comboed up. Zach Barnes taking over for Cade Nellis, right there. That's another question mark. Like Peyton Turner's a question mark. Demarco Jackson has potential. Uh, he's a fifth round draft pick from Last Shot Appalachian State. We don't know what he can do, even though we see. I remember seeing his footage. He plays sideline to sideline. He'll knock your head off. Really, really talented player. Inexperienced is a part of the Saints linebacker room behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner, which could propel the Saints to get a veteran linebacker to add to this room to bring balance. Do they really believe in Zach Bowen uh, like we think and they do? That's the big question. Did they Do they really believe in Zach Bowen? If Zach Bowen could produce similar numbers to Cade Nellis, that can really kind of make things look a lot different for the linebackers. But what do you guys think about that? And, of course, the cornerbacks is our secondary here and safeties. Marshawn Laddie, Daddy Lattimore, Paulson, Debo, Alante Taylor. You got Bradley Roby and Lonnie Johnson Jr. The safeties, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Jordan Howden, Jonathan Abram, and JT Gray. That is the secondary. There is, is Marshawn Lattimore is healthy. Paulson Adibo is healthy. Alante Taylor is ready to take that next step. He could play the corner or the safety for you. Bradley Roby is probably the weak spot there in terms of having a guy that you would think Bradley Roby would be a lot better than what he is, but my goodness, man, Bradley Roby struggles. Uh, he had some plays that he showed up, but a lot of struggling ass plays from Bradley Roby. So they should have some pressure on him in the cornerback room. Lonnie Johnson, Jr., the guy that can play corner or safety provide some versatility for you. Very smart signing by the saints to add him to the mixture. And then of course, behind Tyron Matthews getting up in age and Marcus May, who could possibly, Uh, do some time because of uh, or miss some games because of the DUI situation he brung from the Jets. So the Saints made sure they got a young safety in Jordan Howden out of Minnesota using one of those picks on him and late in the draft to get Jordan Howden. And I was studying, like, that's a head scratcher. But when you study the film on this kid, man, you know, we did it on TSC, man. It was the guy, the the kid is, is he has a great anticipatory ability, uh, able, you know, he sees things early and then has the speed to converge on the player love that so much tape and film we've seen with him just automatically when the ball is snapped and before the quarterback even looks to the player he's already beaming in on where he needs to be and not only does he go he make he goes for the ball he makes the interception like you'll see players back in the day like pj williams or ken crawley or one of these guys they'll just hit the cornerback and cause an in, uh, incompletion, right? They'll just tackle the, I mean, excuse me, the wide receiver. They'll just hit the receiver to try to jar a incompletion as opposed to just seeing if you can get there and meet him and see if you can get that interception. That guy, Jordan Howden, he gets there. He gets to where the ball is and he makes the play. He And, and it's not like easy interceptions. He makes difficult picks as well. So I just love his eyes. He still has some things he got to work up on. But I can see why the Saints went and got this kid, and he does provide them a young safety because a lot of the Saint, the people the Saints brought in are on one-year deals, so he could be a future guy in the safety room where the older Tyron Matthew and Marcus May could miss time. Remember, he missed six games last year because of injury, so Marcus May, uh, uh, you know, might be out with the DUI thing, and then you know he missed six games due to injury. So the Saints did a, themselves a world of good. By adding him to the team. And plus, I love them bringing in Jonathan Abram, who's a hitter. I love the, John, the uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr. move. And then they re-signed JT Gray, gave him a multi-year deal to be a, 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 uh, a special teams ace in the room as well. So it's a lot of talent there. And then, of course, we know the special teams are our uh, special teams players. Will Lutz, who has a lot of pressure on him to perform. This year, I know Blake Gillick, and I'm expecting him to improve greatly. And I said the return man is Malik Flowers. I really like Malik Flowers. So, anyway, it's going to be cool, man. All right. So, anyway, shout out to uh, Tyrone. Thank you, bro, for the super chat. That is the number four car. Uh, Number four car. Number four car. Is it car? That where is number four? I I don't know what you mean by that, brother. Uh, put that in the chat. Let me know what you mean by that. Does he wear the number four? I would say yeah. <laughs> I would say yes, he does. But anyway, this is my projection for the roster. And of course, there were a few guys I left off of here, man. I really was kind of wrestling with like guys like Nick Anderson, Shaq Davis. I like these guys. I just think, man, at the end of the day, man. Yeah, Quaveda says he likes uh Anderson over no it. Hey, bro, you just gotta put the tape on, man. It was like uh it was very close for me. It was very close for me. All right, shout out to for the fam, man. All right, shout out to y'all. Big Low in the building. What you doing here, low? He says y'all need a QB. The Falcons ain't like they okay. No, we don't no, we don't need a QB, low. We good. We we be good, brother. We got it, we got our QB. We we be straight. We good, we good with our so yeah. We good, bro. You just better watch out, bro. You, be, you just better make sure uh, you got your, your, your interior defensive line together, my brother. You better get ready, cause the Saints about to run three heavy hitters at you, man. It's about to go down in a in a tough way. All right. So anyway, shout out to the fam, man. What's your? <laughs> All right, it says do the Superman. All right, that that's more of a low thing, man. Dun That's the Superman, chat. Okay. <laughs> All right, Andy, there you go, brother. God damn it. All right, Lowe says, all right, says fam. Y'all take care. Keep, okay, thank. Yeah, keep him on the straight line. Shout out to my brother, Lowe. Thank you for popping in there. All right, so anyway, fam, what's good, brother Marty? Shout out to you, man. Good to see y'all. Appreciate y'all being in the building as well. All right, brother Yacoub says, people talking about E.T. Perry, but Shaq Davis is a wide receiver. Yeah, they call him baby Megatron. They call him baby Mag- Megatron. But yeah, Shaq Davis, man, special man very special players it was tough making these things making these moves bro it was <laughs> it was tough making these calls man this shit ain't easy man let me tell you something
3: let me tell you something i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know i
2: know well, none of this is
3: it easy i've been trying to tell you there you know, i'll try to tell you all
2: right quine would cost us about 1.2 million on the one year deal he wouldn't be expensive i know that the quine alexander i've been saying that Quine worked for 1.2 with the Jets last season. He played, what, in 16 games for the, for the squad? What's up, Colinator? Shout out to my boy, Colinator. Yeah, so that, this is the, the reality is like, man, you know, try, listen. I, I, I challenge each and every last one of you guys to formulate your own 53-man roster. I challenge you. Challenge. I challenge you. To come up with one you think it easy i challenge you to come up with one everybody in here i challenge you 53 man roster come on with it all right tyrone thank you bro thanks for understanding me, bro. Show podcast thank you tyrone okay okay tyrone silas okay sh- thank you bro appreciate you uh he says uh, bro show my show my 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 podcast all right shout out to brother tyrone silas who has a podcast? Thank you for the super chat, my friend. Appreciate you, bro, for uh, that much love to you. And dun 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 dun. That's a superman chat. That shout out to Lo. All right, appreciate you, bro, for that. All right, so yeah, I challenge y'all, man. Y'all come up with y'all own 53 man roster. That ain't easy, man. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you. But anyway, let's do our quick little breakdown. Go over our little recap for those who missed it. Foster Moreau inks the deal with the Saints and expects to play in the 2023. Uh, in the 2023 year, the Saints inked him to a three year deal, 12 million dollars, eight million of it is guaranteed. And Foster Moreau is a member of the New Orleans Saints officially. So, the Saints, we talk about a lot of the great moves the Saints have made, and we know it's still on paper right now. But my goodness, they're putting together quite the talented offense to watch out for and it's like x you know questions start formulating in my head about okay last year's saints def- uh, team was led by the defense fam i'm thinking this year it'll be the offense doing the leading the offense will be doing the leading because it's so many it's so much flux on the defensive side like the stability angle kind of teeters toward the the offense so to speak you know what i'm saying when you put 150 million dollar quarterback on top of your offense you all that the, <laughs> when that happens you automatically say hey, man listen offense has got to take the lead man you can't have a defensive first team with a 150 million dollar quarterback <laughs> that don't make any sense so me thinking about the numbers and me thinking about the talent that they're surrounding Derek Carr with we talking about all the stuff that we went over today it is it's 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 shaping up like the offense is really going to be uh, really it, it, people saying, Q, we're we going to be a top 10, top 15 offense. I I, I, I don't know that yet because we haven't seen them there, but potentially looking at them, you're going to have to kind of teeter toward. Yes, because you got a quarterback that can throw deep balls and the wide receivers that can go and get to some guns. You got a guy that's really good at explosives, making explosive plays on offense.
0: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: You know, you look at his numbers, and I'm going to break the numbers down and do a show on it, how many 4,000-yard seasons the guy had and all this, even with the Raiders' offense wasn't nearly as explosive and wide open as the Saints' offense is. So if he can get a grasp of what Carmichael can do, I'm pretty sure he could put his own little spin on it and have a lot of success. Like, they've given him a lot of weapons here to work with. It's not like the cupboards are bare. I just don't understand how people are looking at the Saints. Actually, I can, and I know what that is. The reason why people are outside of the Black and Gold building or downplaying the Saints is because Dennis Allen. That's, that's the, the 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 long and short of it is, you know, well, Q, why are they downplaying us like this? Why are they disrespecting the Houdat Nation? It's not they're not disrespecting the talent because they know, they're smart enough to know if you take Derek Carr and you put him in a Sean Payton offense, explosive all day fireworks every all every damn game explosives all over the place you know you could be averaging anywhere you could be an average of 27 28 points a game with car operating in a Sean Payton offense even though Sean Payton not there you don't have to be but you have that system in play with car and the weapons the Saints are giving them absolutely fireworks everything exploding on the offensive side of the ball but I think the thing that a lot of people where a lot of look past the talent and start pushing down against the team is because of the head coach. The guy never won anything before, you know, and he doesn't have like a gracious personality that kind of ingratiates you to him. It's like when he screws up, he doesn't. And it's like, it's, it's many things like he screws up. He makes these really boring garbage excuses excuses. Like we just had a bad day. at the office. Then the next game you had a bad day at the office. And instead of like, listen, fam, some of these games are so, so terrible. The guy gets up there. He doesn't apologize for the crappy performances. He's like, man, what are you doing? So even just to keep it real side of things, he lacks that and it doesn't come off right. Like you got to be a head coach. You got to have some degree of uh, uh, charisma. He doesn't have any of those things. He's just a coordinator that's masquerading as a head coach. I know that they know that. And just, and it's easy to look at him and they downplay the saints every way because they don't, have faith in hit in Dennis Allen and Dennis Allen doesn't give you anything to have faith in. The saints are putting a good team together. They did this last year when they put a good team together. Now let's see what you can do with what we got. Let's take these positive moves and keep it positive and bring it into the season and have success with what we have. Now, this is the thing he would with, with the saints and just just what I'm looking at how they're going to operate the thing. He given all of the weapons, To Pete Carmichael, quarterback and all, wide receivers, running backs, everything that they feel like they need, loading all these skill position rooms, loading them up, depth on the offensive line, depth in the wide receiver room, depth in the tight end room, you know, at the QB level, loading them rooms up and then say, "Okay, I'm about to leave this room. Pete, you got it right. I'm going to go over here to my room. You take care of this room. I'm going to take care of this room. And hey, special teams, man, you take care of that room. And then that's how he'll do it. You're not going to be an overseer of the team. It won't, he, he just, he's not going to do that. The man not going to do that. It's like, okay, like real improvement to me would be Dennis Allen turning over the defense, like, you know, telling the defensive coordinator what principles that he wants, go over the game plan and turning that over to that guy and letting him make the plays, letting him make the calls, right? And become an overseer of the team. And just watch if the offense is doing their thing, the defense is doing anything, and the special teams. The problem is when you focus on one thing, you be you missing other things like the special teams thinking up the run. They should have fired Darren Rizzi because he can't teach the guys the block. We should we could if if we would have a better special teams coordinator in there, we could be able to flip the field. We could be able to uh, have a, a smaller field setup or half the field setup for our offense when we do hit the field as opposed to keep watching poor blocking on the kick return and punt return teams, you know, it's just, it's a year after year of of just garbage, but he doesn't pay attention to that because he's too fixated over here. Looking at this and really a head coach is an overseer, man, not an overseer, man. Look, I'm gonna give you this. You handle this. I handle this and you handle that over there. And we'll see if that breeds success, man. I don't know, man. We'll keep it a buck 15. I don't know. But that's why a lot of these people are downplaying the Saints. The Saints, are may- listen, you look at the NFC South and no disrespect to Low or Big Game or my brothers Dave and Rashad over there at the PNP camp. No disrespect. But listen, let's, let's talk common sense here. And we look at the NFC South right now. We know that Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing up the rear. We know that there is basically they say it's a three-team race between the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers. The reality it is it's not a three team race and I'm not just saying that because I'm a black and gold guy I'm keeping it real. You got young quarterbacks that have not seen everything that need time to figure it out. And I'm not saying Carr doesn't need time either but the Saints are built to win right now. You got these other teams that got young quarterbacks that have to figure it out. You got a quarterback with 3 or 4 year three, I mean 3 or 4 games worth of experience, a quarterback that doesn't have any experience at all. We expect these guys to come in and start Hitting it just like that. It don't work like that. It's not a video game. But you got a guy, a nine year veteran, going into his 10th year with weapons all over the wazoo. And he got guys he's familiar with, like the guy on the screen, Foster Monroe. You had Brian Edwards, another wide receiver he's familiar with. The Saints give him big wide receivers and speedy guys that can take downfield. You got Elvin Kamara around here. They keep, you know, Elvin Kamara, the best running back in the NFC. South Q is, uh, B. John Robinson out of uh, hell. No, it's Elvin Kamara. What are you talking about here? What are we talking about? <laughs> Somebody said that. Well, the best running back in the NFC, he, ne- he never had a run. He never got a carry. He didn't have a carry yet. <laughs> B. John is the best in the NFC. So how? How, Cletus? He never had a carry as Elvin Kamara running away. It's Elvin Kamar running away. Well, who the second best running back in the NFC South? It's Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns. Hello. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, it's insane to me, man. Like, oh yeah, the Saints in the weak NFC South, they could take it. No, man. The, it's the reality. Quarterback, this guy's seen a lot. He's seen, I'm not putting down or pushing down on anybody's team because I really think Carolina in the future will be very difficult to continue, continue with. I don't see it this year because they need, they need time. The guy needs time to get it. And they built a lot of stuff around them. True indeed, they'll win more games than they did last year. It's the same thing with Atlanta. Atlanta's going to rely on a running attack and the defense to carry the day. And they'll do good. They'll do better than what they did last year. They will. But at the end of the day, you want to talk about teams that's built to win right now with a veteran quarterback on top of the team and wide receivers that are good right now and ready to go, veteran guys, young guys that are really good right now, an accentuation of players. We talk about all these guys You sprinkle Taysom Hill in the mixture and all the stuff that's going on. It's just amazing, man, how people are not looking at the NFC South and say, man, that's the Saints division, man. Are you kidding me? Derek Carr in 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 the middle of the pack, uh, mid-round or mid-level Derek Carr, in the, and they keep forgetting his Sean Payton system, even though Sean Payton ain't there, Q. Doesn't matter. His system is still there. And the Carr's skill set and the Sean Payton system That's lights out, man. They keep forgetting that Sean Payton's offense is still here with Derek Carr's deep passing explosive ability to get the ball down the field, to keep everything wide open. That is, that is the biggest problem we had offensively speaking. Besides, you know, we didn't have the deep ball, accurate deep ball down the field last year to keep everything wide open. They were playing us up tight on the line, forcing us to run the ball because they wasn't scared of the pass. That's the total opposite effect you're going to get this year. You're going to respect the Saints deep passing, a deep passing game. And you're going to back them damn safeties up. You're going to back them linemen up, them linebackers up. You're going to play off of us because you're going to be anticipating the Saints tear you up going at ball. That's a whole nother level of ridiculousness when you have, like I said, my our running backs, all three of them are good in space. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. But then again, I do. It's Dennis Allen. They don't have faith in Dennis Allen. They thinking he he's gonna screw it all up. That's 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 just what it is. Anyway, let's keep it going, man. Uh, Shout out to the fam. Thank y'all for chiming in on this one. All right, let's keep it moving. Man. All right, so Saints won't be playing in Germany. Went over that. We went over the NFC South uh report cards, and then we even did our 53 man roster projection. You can read the whole damn thing. It's at who that daily dot com breaking it down. So it's pretty interesting, man. So. It's that, that's why I said, excuse, people are asking, why are they disrespecting the saints? is It's Dennis Allen. They don't believe in Dennis Allen. They think he's going to, he's going to screw it up. That's what they're thinking, you know? And I'm sitting up here looking at him saying, damn, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, I, I think he will. That's why I said, stay out of the way during the NFC South roundtable. I said, he trying to stay out of the way. Well, how could he stay out of the way Q? Delegation. I give you this room. I give you that room. And I stay over here on the defense and focus on the defense. And that's all do the best job that we can do as a unit on Sunday. Will that work? I don't know. I mean, it worked to a degree with Sean Payton, but Sean Payton used to get on people. You know, coach Payton would run offense and He would call plays. But if your defense was looking bad, he'd be over there mean mugging you and fussing at you. You know, he would get Dennis Allen don't do any of that. He's not not a confrontational guy. He won't get in your face. So, you know, you would have to wait for other guys to check other guys, right? Like the leaders of the team, like to check the guys that's not doing what they were supposed to do. We didn't see that early on with the Saints last year because the leaders were screwing up. How could the leader tell the guy behind him, the leader guy, tell the guy behind him not to screw up when he was screwing up? How could DeMario tell Pete Werner or anybody else not to miss tackles when he was missing tackles? You see what I'm saying? That kind of, you, you got to keep your mouth shut when you're not handling the business. <laughs> RB looked upon as being a hypocrite. You know, he, he, he don't want look upon being a hypocrite, so DeMario can't tell nobody nothing if he, <laughs> he missing tackles, you know? David Onyamata can't tell Malcolm Roach nothing if he getting pancaked. He getting pushed now. <laughs> You know, nobody can tell nobody nothing if they drop in the pass. You're like, you need to catch that ball. Well, man, didn't you just drop that pass? How you telling me to catch something, man? You know, so you, <laughs> you can't you can't lead unless you're doing what you're supposed to do. You can't open your mouth and tell nobody what they need to do better unless you're doing it yourself. You know, and that's why you've seen a lot of the leaders last year not saying too much because they wasn't handling the business. You know, there were plenty of plays like last year when you seen Demario Davis just get mashed out of there and then people was running. That's because the two interior defensive linemen weren't handling their business and the offensive lineman would leak out and he would put hands on Demario Davis and push him out of there. That's what having stout interior defensive linemen do They keep your linebackers clean. It makes them look really good when he don't have to worry about trying to shed a 300-pound offensive guard that leaked out off a defensive tackle who's supposed to be commanding a double team and ends up in the second level and the running back behind him. And Demario got to shed the, the, the 300 pound offensive guard. So he can make a play on the linebacker. I mean, on the running back, you know, <laughs> it all works in tandem. So he can't really say nothing about it. So anyway, we'll see, man, but I, I'm really hoping, man, really, really hoping that this changes around and we'll see if that method works. Like if I'm gonna leave you over here, you handle it, you handle the special team, I handle the defense, and let's see how we can turn this all out. We'll see, fam. We'll see. It'd be a very interesting uh, uh, season coming up. But listen, in terms of the moves on paper, I am definitely loving the moves the Saints are making currently. Loving the moves they've they've really felt in really nicely. I'm looking forward to the rookie mini camps that's coming up. The rookie mini camp coming up, we'll see a good look, take a look at some of these players the Saints are bringing in. I love what they've done with the wide receiver room. You talk about the additions of guys like A.T. Perry to, you know, to the room along with, you know, you see Brian that was there to compete with these other guys. You bring Shaq Davis in there, Malik Flowers. I love what they're doing there. I, I mean, big wide receivers, more af- athletic, big wide receivers to the room. Loving that, man. Loving that. Loving that. And of course, the running back game, Jamal Williams and everything. They brought the offensive lineman in there to kind of push for the backups and provide some depth if all, if injuries occur, they were able to solve the tight end position by adding Foster Moreau today. That was a big one right there. Gives them a more traditional looking tight end that can that can combo with Jawan Johnson. Then you have Taysom Hill still operating utility role. You have the three headed running back monster that the Saints have, and on defense. And like I said, I think the offense will be the strength of the team. I know we're just looking at it on paper, but the Saints deep from a defensive standpoint, the defensive line has a lot of stuff that they have to kind of improve upon to find out who's going to be the opposite starter opposite than Cam. You know, we know what, what does Shepard and Saunders look like inside in the rotation of of Breesy and rest of those guys inside who will step up. You know, to with Jaron Cage, the big offensive ta- uh defensive tackle that came from Ohio State, could he perform? Is Tandu Passing would sl- fl- slide inside to help out? So a lot of stuff going on. A lot of answers to be answered or you know a lot of answers need to be answered a lot of answers need to be answered a lot of questions actually questions (laughs) need answers for the Saints uh, defensive line and of course the linebacker position love Demario love Pete Werner I don't know about Zach Bond we might need another guy there love the secondary love the depth at secondary and of course the special teams Will Lutz is a big question Will Lutz has he uh can he still kick the Saints have two Uh, Guys that's coming in here to to, to provide competition against Will Lutz this year. Blake Garupe and Alex Quiveto kicking against Will Lutz, 74% uh, field goal percentage last year for the Saints, lowest in his career ever. Prior to that, the lowest was 82%. So that just takes into account, is the injury really something to Will Lutz? The core surgery that he had, then the, you know, sets out, then comes back, 74% field goal percentage. That's not good at all. That's subpar for Will Let Saints paying him good money. So can he get back up to the 80s, the high 80s or the mid 80s or anywhere in the 80s to kind of stave off? So the Saints got a lot going on there. And of course, we'll see, man. A lot of fantastic stuff going on with the team and we'll see the rookie uh, camps coming up soon. So that'll be fun as well. All right. So anyway, with that being said, we're going to get ready to get on up out of here. Listen, I appreciate everybody for stopping by and checking out uh the channel as well appreciate you I know Dana yeah he had not played it down yet and they already crowned him. I listen I ain't making it up they said that they said that all right Mo says uh Saints wasn't scrapped last year ain't gonna be nothing this year and won't be crap to following you okay Mo you are you have the soundings of a Atlanta Falcon person are you a Falcon person my man you sound like a Falcon man you know, that's not, you got a lot of hate in your voice. Are you the cousin of Big Low? Uh, <laughs> got a lot of hate in your commentary there, Moron. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Moron. Uh, that was kind of a, that's not a very smart commentary, Moron. All right, Uncle Paul, says, Q, do you think Landon Young need to move to guard to have a breakout season? He was playing guard, bro. That's the thing about, um, you know, Landon Young. Landon Young. Was drafted what as a tackle, Then they made him a guard. He got hurt. Maybe he bu- he busted his foot, had that broken foot, and ever since then, man, I don't know. He hadn't looked the same. But the Saints are bringing in all these other characters, man. So it'll be interesting to see just what's going on. All right. Okay. Jerry says <laughs> he put that sniper scope on him. I got you, OG. Yeah, that handle the business. All right. All right, Devon says. Uh, Devon says we clo- we closer than a lot of critics believe. We're A couple of plays from easily being 10 and 7. All right, shout out, fam. Appreciate you on that. Colorado, shout out to you. Yeah, shout out to the fam. All right, so anyway, with that being said, let's get on out of here, man. Uh, The Saints have the best two running backs in the NFC South. I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. Elvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, both of those guys are dude. Come on, man. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. They, those two guys, those those are the best two running backs in in the NFC South. Come on, man. It's, I like Miles Sanders, but you got Kamara and Jamal Williams, seventeen touchdowns last year, man. The two best backs in the NFC South are currently New Orleans Saints players. Let's just keep it real. Let's stop the cap. All right, all right. So anyway, with that being said, yeah, I, I covered it though, bro. I I just mentioned it. I just I covered it in, in the. Uh, in the, in, the, in the roster prediction. Alavi, Thomas, Shahid, uh, I think Brian Edwards, AT Perry, and Malik Flowers. That's who I got. Now, of course, you could probably it it was a toss-up between me. If I, I like Shaq Davis, um Shaq Davis versus Brian Edwards. That's another one I could think about sliding in, you know, sliding out versus Brian Edwards, who carr is familiar with. But, yeah, Shaq Davis could be a guy that I can replace for Brian Edwards. Well, we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, so anyway, let me get on up out of here, man. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good uh, night, and I'm going to holler at y'all on the flip side. The next show, I'll be back on Thursday. We'll kind of cover the uh, NFL schedule release they're supposed to be doing tomorrow. We'll cover that on Thursday and Friday, man. So appreciate the fam, y'all. Take it easy, and I'm going to holler at y'all on the flip side. Who
1: Yeah. Huh? Boogie like pins and I'm a whoodak. I'm a hoodac. Long that. as I'm living, I'm a hoodac. I'm a hoodac. Lose, or I'm a Lose all winning, i am a to who that's coma, yeah. This is where we do that. Where we do that, that Where we do that, eh? Yeah. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, Huh? Boogie like pinsin, i am a to I'm a who Sports Coma, this is where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Be Running this thing like Runnin Elf. Thing like thank God every day I'm not, a I'm not a fel. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. guys. If you ain't ride or die, die. the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in. That was way for the ring. I was yelling out Cha-ching. your shape for the championship. Fucking huh, on town. Duck down. Duck down. Falcons pluck it shut down. Shut- Panthers ain't much to touchdown. touchdown, the vision really belong to us now, so much hate on the Saints, you can probably tell, ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishing and you probably smell, the crooked referees are Roger Goodell, yeah, like this and I'm a hoot at. every day I'm living, I'm a hoota. I'm a Lose all winning. I'm a hood. I'm a It's the sports coma. This is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where uh, we do that, where we do that, do that. Boogie like this. And I'm a hood. I'm a hood. It's the sports coma. This is where we do that. 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 you are listening to the sports. Code yeah, with Big Q and the guys. <laughs> on the all B- right. R-O-
2: The WhoThatDaily.com That's right, The WhoThatDaily.com Your one-stop shop for everything You all the Saints, you all Pelicans, LSU Tigers And even the Top Flight Boxing So if you're a WhoThat and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team The WhoThatDaily.com is your site The WhoThatDaily.com For the sport who that in all of The Pro Shop, that's right, The Pro Shop, is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at The Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath, bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the pro shops. The link is in the description section below. And remember, it helps the platform continue to grow. Check out the pro shop and who that tells you.